Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello, welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and today I am joined by Jason Troy. And we're going to be talking around the relationship that you've got with your customer and how you can use, how you can maximize the opportunities right now to build stronger relationships. We might not be able to get in front of those customers. We might not be able to see them face to face. But actually, this is a great opportunity to get to know your ideal customer more and show them how much you do really care. First of all, a little bit about Jason. Well, Jason is an executive coach. He works with executives. He works with rising stars and and entrepreneurs um, to maximize their leadership potential. Obviously, leadership is all about communication. And hand in hand with that goes, you know, relationships that you have outside of your business with suppliers. And in this case, what we're talking around today, which is customers. And so it made sense to get Jason on the show right at this moment in time because of what's going on in the world, the changes that are made that are being made, um, you know, through no choice of ours, but you know, the environment we're in, the restrictions that we have, um, whilst we we get COVID under control. And so what we are talking around today is is how to actually use this as an opportunity to try and take positives from it, um, to build that relationship with your customer and make that relationship stronger. Jason is a best-selling author of a book called Social Wealth. Um, It's a how-to guide to build extraordinary business relationships. Uh, He's sold more than 45,000 copies of that book. So that's something to aspire to with Selling Without Sleeves book coming out later in the year. Uh, He was featured TEDx speaker, and that's when he debuted his breakthrough team-building game cards, Cards Against Mundanity. He's also the host of his own podcast um, where he gets um, executives on there who and, and entrepreneurs to talk around their expertise and share their breakthroughs and breakdowns. So that's one to look up. Before I start chatting to Jason about customer relationships, just to give you a super quick update on what is going on in the selling without sleeves world. So I'm beginning to look to ramp things up as I look to come back at the end of, well, middle of April I'm now aiming for, which doesn't seem too far away now, which is quite scary. You know, thankfully I will be getting a little bit of childcare support um, from my parents who have now both been jabbed excellent news they will um we've just got to wait three weeks for my mum uh, to be in a position where it's all okay for her to um, spend time around my little petri dishes of disease which are obviously my children that'll be really really helpful that was the original plan that I would have my parents do a little bit of childcare, like half a day couple of days a week so that I can um just do some do some work and concentrate what else is going on is we are uh, working on uh, the book has gone in for its final edit so um, yeah that's very exciting um, so I've handed in my manuscript so now it's no big changes but then yeah we've got that and then I've just started working with the team on the front cover so that will be quite exciting as well to get that in into reality there are a few uns and ahrings going on about the subtitle uh, I think I've got the subtitle but yeah, there's there's still a bit of feedback coming back and um, there's still discussions with Mr. JJ about that one. So let's get started with chatting to Jason. 
tell me, what offers have you got out at the moment? What are you doing? How can people work with you? What's going on? Sure. I mean, you know, I have a book called Social Wealth on Amazon on how to build great business relationships. So, you know, some people, that's a low barrier way. I have this card game called Cards Against Mundanity, and it's a teamwork game that you can use with internal teams. You can use it externally with customers or prospects because it's a great way to start building trust, opening communications, and getting people just to trust and talk to you. Um, so, yeah, so you can use it. It's There's probably like, you know, 60,000, 70,000 people are using it, somewhere between there. That's a low number that I've had seen, so it's it's doing really well. And then I do leadership coaching, working with teams, working with entrepreneurs, working with people that are like sales professionals, helping them, you know, to work better with customers and other things that are happening. And then, you know, career trends, uh, you know, blueprints with people building kind of their future pathway. So I really have a whole different segments of clients and people that come to me, um, you know, in individuals, teams and groups. So. And what, what do you prefer doing most? Uh, you know what? I really love it all because it's like problem solving. It's like putting a piece, you know, puzzle together. And for me, it's a lot of fun because although, although it's new, a lot of it I've done, and there are pieces I haven't. So figuring out every person and trying to anticipate pivoting going through that is always like a thrilling thing. It's almost like being in, I, I must call it like being in like a, a car car race or something like that, right? You're having to go really fast and figure out your way around and all types of conditions and do really well. And um, it's, it's just always a lot of fun. And, you know, a lot of times when you're doing it, you have to go through a lot of nonlinear things and you have to take guesses and you have to try to do things. And so all that's, it's, it's fun. I mean, and it's, it's a bit uh, of trial and error kind of stuff as well. You, you always have to at some level yeah. because it required, whenever you're working with any individual, I don't care what it is. It doesn't even have to be in a coaching thing. It could be in sales. It could be in operations and marketing and technology at some level. And it, even in your personal relationships, it all comes down to having a leap of faith where you're not sure of the landing and you're not <laughs> going to stick it all the time. And it's, and it's your willingness to do that and it's your willingness to pivot as quick as you can and continue the journey forward. That will really, talk, that will really get you the results that you want, whatever it is in your life. And if you're not doing any delay it, the longer it takes to get there, because there, no one has a roadmap for any of this stuff, period, right? So you have to be willing to do that. There's no certainty, no matter what anyone tells yeah. you, right? So um, you, you have to take action because part of this is get a good result or it doesn't work. And then you've got to figure out what to do next. So the faster people do that. So a lot of it is, again, is about building trust, right? Because at the end of the day, the faster I can get my clients, trust me, the more they're willing to take leaps of faith or do what they don't want to do, especially when they don't want to do it and doing yeah. it faster. And then they get better results. And then those turn from incremental to exponential. And that's where the real breakthroughs happen when you do it over some limited period of time even. Um, and so that to me is fun, no matter whether it's individuals or groups or larger or whatever, to watch it all flow together. So it's... Uh, it's the thrill of that that transition and that that change. Yeah, because that's no, I mean, yeah, because it's fun. Because and I think the other benefit is whenever you do anything like that and helping in people in business, 
there is most of our lives are, are over in our personal lives too. So I always say that pretty much 70 to 80% of anything I'm working with anyone on, they will see a benefit in their personal life along with it, right? Even when you don't work on it. Because it teaches you things that still uh, work in that mode as well, right? And so I think that it is a considerable gain that you have, like in every area of your life, when you're working on something. So it's like transferable skills. Yeah, right. Because if if you're learning how to work better, let's say with a prospect or a customer, and learning to communicate better, learning to open up and be vulnerable, well. That translates, right? Like that is exactly the same thing when you do that in your personal life, no matter who it's with or what you're doing, that leads to upsides and breakthroughs and opportunities as well. So you see a lot of this stuff is very similar on either one, right? The application is different, but, you know, the actual skills and doing it is not so so it's that transformation and that those skills yeah. being able to yeah yeah because if they're struggling with it in their personal life it spills over doesn't it and vice versa vice versa right because a lot of yeah. i mean and also whenever you're working with someone one of the mistakes i see people that are coaches of any kind is that if you ask someone whatever their greatest pain you have to help them solve it because if it's a personal problem that's taking up a lot, let's say they're having a problem in their marriage or their kids at home or they're feeling isolated and they feel like they don't have any friends, and that is their greatest pain point, if they have a business issue, you can't really help them as much because that distraction is taking up yeah. so much time, so much energy draining them that you have to help them with that in order for them to focus and do what you need them to do in a professional aspect. So you have to really understand, I mean, people don't like people don't show up now even virtually to work and have their personal bags right outside their door or, <laughs> or you know, or five you feet away from their that. desk, right? Wherever that desk might be in their home or wherever it is. So yeah. it's all, you're all one showing up. So you have to really get to know people and understand what's going on in order to really work as well as you can. Now, that's no different if you're a manager, or if you're trying to sell someone something, because if you know, all this stuff really matters. And so end of the day, all the people in your life, you have to get to know on a personal level, because it affects them, it will affect you and how you're interacting with them, no matter what it is, right? So that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Well, when we did the initial, we had like an initial chat, didn't we over, um, you know, coming on the show and yeah. we, we were talking through things, we we're talking through different topics and we got onto relationships with your customers and the change that the current environment, you know, which everyone loves to talk about, but at the end of the day, you know, it is a massive impact that, you know, people having to go into lockdown, people having to wear masks, um, do things more remotely. It's had a massive impact. Um, and so, you know, we spoke around, you know, that, that sort of impact and that's what really kind of, um, for me, we kind of, it, it really clicked and it was really insightful, the sort of conversation that we had. And so that's why I thought, yeah, well, you know, we'll cover it when, when I get you on the show. Um, hence, hence today. So, you know, talking around, like, what do you see as being the, the big change, the big transition with relationships with you and your customer 
um, so people and their customers during this sort of time? Well, I think what you saw right back in last year, in February, in March, when this all first started, is that people were galvanized around the coronavirus because it was like everyone's there to try to stay alive, right? So yeah. what you saw in terms of research data is engagement for employees working in any business, right? No matter if it was a solopreneur up to a large company, you know, you could look on employee experience, you could look at also some of the trust factors that would happen as employees were looking to their leaders, and a lot of other data points went up considerably, right? As you're seeing in the, you know, probably March, April, May, there's a little dips here and here in June, but then July and all the other social unrest that was happening, you know, across the world and things of that nature, because we had to, and we were galvanized around staying alive, right? But mm -hmm. in the background, always when this happens is a couple things. One, when you consistently live in an environment where your life, you perceive your life is on the line, at some point you get adjusted to that new normal, right? And when you're at home, you start thinking about, well, I got to cook dinner. The kids are doing this. They're doing their homework, right? I have to interact with a husband or maybe I'm not by myself and I don't have anyone. How am I going to get some connection with anyone, right? So the purpose of staying alive, which is number one and everything fell to a distant second or third, those gaps either close or start to bleed together, right? Mm -hmm. So that takes a huge effect. The other part that starts to happen over a while is that we as human beings need food, we need water, we need shelter. Well, also part of that is human connection. And seeing someone in person, not over video, and connection and belonging is extremely, extremely strong. Like there's a researcher that was out of University of Chicago that did 30 years of research, and it showed that loneliness, right, was the same thing you could have as physical pain, right? And I know in the UK, they talked about, you know, there's research data about loneliness being a major impact on the population mm -hmm. itself as a health risk, yeah. right? So that happens when you feel lonely and that can happen whether you really aren't interacting with anyone or if you're interacting with a few people, if you're an extrovert, right? The fact that it's taken away, you feel like you're a self-imposed prison and that has a significant effect on your psyche, right? As well as for a lot of people doing their jobs, you're seeing them work more, you're seeing them work longer, right? Obviously you get some time back, but all of that stuff starts to bleed over. A lot of people weren't taking vacations overall, right? So mm -hmm. I think what you see over time and the fact, right? And when we keep not being able to interact people over a longer period, that feeling of disconnection, that feeling of isolation, that feeling like I can't do these things, it has a significant effect on our well-being, on how we view the world itself. And that causes a stress, mental health conditions, right? If you look at those data, they're skyrocketing mm -hmm. across Huge. the globe, no matter where you're at, what country, whatever's going on. So when you take that all in consideration, right, as someone who's doing a job every day and working with people, you have to understand that you need to take time out and to show that you care about people because trust is a really, really high commodity, and it's extremely important. And when you do that, you bridge gaps for people, 
and you have to listen to them or you have to ask like, how are you doing? Are you, are you like, you okay through all of this? Like, how are you coping with it? And ask them questions, like even on the front end of doing business with them, because it shows that you care. It shows that they matter. And you need to know their mental state and what's really going on as well, because that helps you figure out, like, you know, how do I interact with them? Like, can I press them on issues? How do I need to maneuver with this? Um, what opportunities are there as well? Like all the things that can happen. And I think it's happening more and more. And in fact, in 21, it's more important he did it than 20 because we're having to constantly live through this. And we don't know when there is going to be an exit date. People, you know, they give a lot of, you know, timelines, but, you know, now I just was reading the Olympics might be canceled, you know, t- you know, in, in Japan, they may not be getting the virus start. I mean, like, I mean, the vaccine out until like March. So that's a global issue. There's a new strain, you know, there's back and forth as some of the vaccines work for it. So the reality is, is that you have to count on the rest of 21 being you know, in some form of isolation or going back and forth. So you as a salesperson, you as outreaching to anyone or working with anyone on your own team or part of it, have to take that in consideration as you're interacting with them. Because otherwise, you're going to be missing obvious big opportunities to build relationships and trust with them. Or you're going to not know where people are at and want something from them in which they're just not ready to give it to you, or they would be if you talk to them and help them through their emotional pain, or at least got them to get it out, right? Like it's sometimes when you feel like sometimes you just need to tell someone something, and then all of a sudden you're like, I, I feel better, at least in the moment, because you just got it off your chest, right? And mm-hmm. just said it. Well, that's a huge thing that's going on for people now. And I think it's a lot of people don't really take that into full consideration when they're interacting, trying to sell or do something because they look at, oh, I only have 15 minutes, 30 minutes to talk to someone. I need to get in every offer, talk about why my product or service is the best. And a lot of times that's that's actually really never true, right? The reality is, is that if you have 30 minutes and someone's interested, they'll talk to you longer or they'll they'll book another time with you to talk longer about it. So you're really never on the clock. So you want to think about, Human first, business second, and it will serve you significantly better. And how would you suggest people go about approaching that? Because I get a lot of, you know, DMs and, and LinkedIn is, is a prize example where, you know, I'll get in these uncertain times, how are you faring in these? And, and you know, it's, it's all very, it's very doom and gloom, isn't it? it? It can be quite negative. And, you know, people do remember how you made them feel. How would you... You know, what's your suggestion on approaching that human element? How well, do you open the subject? I just think sometimes with people, I think sometimes people, it's just to say the truth, like, it's, hey, we're all living through, I mean, uh, hello, you know, it's great to great to meet you, um, like, virtually, right? Like, it's video and sort of wave or something to them. And sort of say, uh, how, how, you know, I just want to ask you, first of all, I mean, we're all going through this crisis and a lot of people are isolations. You say, to them, like, how are you, how are you holding up through all this stuff? Like, how, how are you really feeling? Are you able to get out and see people? And I think if you just, if you generally say it and you mean it, people yeah. will really know. Like another great thing that you can ask someone 
is, uh, so tell me about through this whole, you know, the last year of dealing with all this, what's like, what's like one of the biggest lessons you've learned out of this? Like what, what, what is your, what is your takeaway? Right. So that's another way to allow someone to speak without asking them that question. Right. (laughs) Another way you can do it to actually make them feel good and actually can help you is saying through all this craziness, like, like we're all grateful for something. So like, what are you grateful from, from, from all this? What, what, what opportunities are things that actually have done positively, right. To have seen you. And if someone stumbles saying you, then you could just say, you know, one of the things is this even being home, like it's an opportunity for me to see some of the people I care about, like, like in examples, a, a lot more. Right. Or if you're, or if you're not, you don't have a family and it's all about you saying, you know what, it forced me to actually get and call people on the phone. And I've never really called people on the phone and to talk to them or get on video and have video calls or things like that and lead with that. And then you'll help someone to then put them in a state where they're thinking about their abundance, not the lack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, or you can ask them a question like, so tell me about like, what's the happiest memory you've had over the last year? Like what, what, like what's one of the ones Instead of focusing on bad things, and you could say exactly you said, instead of focusing on doom and gloom, like I'd love to hear, like what over the last year has been like maybe one of your happiest times where you know you found some joy in all this, right? So those are like those are ways that you can get around this and get people to talk about themselves and what's really going on, or to change their state by framing it and putting them in a better mood by anchoring it in positive things, right? Yeah. And if it and if it if it's if you're doing it as a trick or a tip and you don't care, it won't work. No. Because nonverbal communication is 90 to 93% and people can see it, they can sense it, they can feel it. So you have to come from a place of wanting to help people, but that is what, you know, if you're doing sales, that's like one of the primary places you need to come from anyways. So, right? <laughs> But yeah. I would say yeah. to you, doing things like that are are really, really helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you can even ask people, someone asks, so who have you leaned on more during this time, right? And, mm-hmm. and maybe people don't have anyone. Maybe it's their dog or their cat or something like that. Well, that's an opportunity for a discussion or something like that, right? Or maybe yeah. you have things that you've done that you can suggest to them if they're feeling isolated, things that they can do to be creative and share ideas with them. So there's a lot of places you can go with the conversation, depending on how comfortable you feel, your situation. I think you have to tailor it. But I I think if you just ignore it and go right into the business, you you miss it, right? And and also you got to know as a salesperson, if they're in a bad mood or they're really down, then you'd want to ask them a question. What are you grateful? Tell me about like one of the happiest memories to cause them to help them get in a better place. So then you can have a conversation that's meaningful. So you've got to read and understand the situation you're walking into with them because where they're at is going to affect your ability to engage with them and build a relationship. And it's these personal experiences that people share with other people that are how you build trust the quickest. And all the data shows that I was Originally, for my game Cards Against Mundanity that I created, I read this study, and it was by Professor Arthur uh, Anderson, and he uh, built this uh, 
sort of questionnaire that he had people ask each other, strangers, and there were 36 questions over 45 minutes. And they were pretty vulnerable ones. And he wanted to test whether, could you ask vulnerable information to a stranger you didn't know anyone ever meet before? And could you build a relationship really quickly through asking questions? And what he found, and he did it, you know, like dozens and dozens of times in different ages, geographies, everything else, that 30% of the people in 45 minutes built the closest relationship in their life. Right. Right. And if you think about it, what great salespeople do, right? Like the best salespeople is they're able to make you feel close. Like you can trust them. Like they know you, right? Like they care, all of that, like snapping their fingers, and they just have this innate ability to do that. But and that's a and that is a gift some people have. But mm-hmm. what you have to understand is that you can, anyone can do the same thing, maybe not as well, but they can do it pretty close. But the key is, is you've got to ask vulnerable questions to get to know people and their personal experiences and those things that matter to them the most, right? Because that's how you build trust with people the fastest. And that's critical in any sales engagement with a prospect or an existing customer to keep them as well, right? So it's a, it's a big thing to keep in the back of your head. Definitely. I think the thing is, is it's being authentic, isn't it? It's like, there's no point asking those questions if they make you feel uncomfortable because it's going to be obvious that you're uncomfortable. So it's finding what, you know, the conversations, I guess, that you'd have with family and friends. And it's kind of presuming that's where the relationship or inviting that the relationship to go that way, isn't it? And and to get that familiarity. It is because when you, because before this, all this pandemic and I was going out and I did a lot of speaking at conferences and I'd run into introverts, right? And I have them play the game that I had. And one of the things almost everyone said to me that they that they self-identified as an introvert, right, to me, said to me is that the problem I have going out and meeting people in groups is the small talk. What I really wanted, right, it's like the, fir- the first 10 questions I have to ask someone are like throwaway ones. So I can actually get at the questions that matter to me and the other person, like question 11 or whatever it might be, right? <laughs> And they were like, if I can make that a quicker process, I would actually engage with more people because I'd have more energy and I'd be able to do that. I just, I don't feel like I can. So like, that's what people really want. The problem is they don't know how to go about doing it. So your job is to be able to ask questions that in a way that can allow people to really express how they're feeling and things that matter with them much quicker in your initial conversations and follow-up conversations. Otherwise, what happens is, is you'll have a great conversation. The problem is it's in the last 10 minutes or the last 15 minutes an hour, and you wasted a lot of it really with nothing that is important. Superficial, superficial, right? And that's essentially a waste of time. Right. It really is. And the other person doesn't want it either. It's just very difficult because no one knows how to go about doing it and asking it. And so that's how why you have to be direct and start figuring out ways to ask deeper questions that aren't that difficult initially to ask someone 
in order to draw them out and get them to really express themselves and then follow up with those to allow them to go deeper in the conversation, right? And really what all that matters at some point when you're talking to someone initially is a lot more of what they're saying. Because what they're saying is going to help how they feel about you. So of course, you don't want to just be an interviewer, but you want to allow them to talk more because that will feel the trust goes that way. And I've done it before where I've had conversations with people and I've said very little, but I've asked more questions and how they felt about me and I can see how they're interacting with me mm. is significantly different. So I find the time like is really that more valuable if you do the question asking and say a few things, but allow them to talk more, especially when you're in a p- point where you have to sell them something or you're trying to write or trying to upsell them or to even just keep someone happy and satisfied in what's going on as well. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I think that's the thing with the airtime. And, and you know, from an airtime point of view, when when you're, you know, for sales calls, what sort of percentage would you say people need to be, you know, how much is customer, how much is you? How much should people keep in mind? I mean, I kind of look at it is that, you know, you've got two ears and one mouth, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think that's, you know, someone told me a long time ago, and I think it's a pretty, I think that's a yeah. pretty good amount of, of, of doing it because then you know that you're talking like essentially you know a third of the time and, and maybe you're doing a little bit more you know depending on like what needs to be done but I think if you keep it in your head to get them talking more yeah. it will really help you because even if it ends up being 50 50 and not like that it probably then saves you from talking 75 percent of the time yeah Right. So, I mean, it's really about, yeah, it's more about progress, not perfection. Right. And so I think some of these things are a guide. And I think when you keep them in your head, you'll do better than you did before. And that all will make progress and you'll see progress in your interactions. And that will help you get closer to the goal that you want to have over time. So it's more about the progression than it is, oh, I got to get it all right right now because that's like an unrealistic expectation for anyone right because then you'll always you then you'll try to be perfect and when people are perfect try to be perfect they make even more mistakes right because then they get overly worried and stressed and everything else so i think it's a and then also it becomes that number thing and it stops being natural doesn't it yeah because you're trying to keep track in your head And that's not and that's never good either so i think it's just better to say to yourself i've got to ask more questions and I've got to try to draw them out. And one of the other things is you can think in your head is one, my job on this call is to be helping, giving and inspiring. And am I really accomplishing that? And my other goal should be to seek to understand, right? And I mean, the third one um, and equally as important is my job is to build a great relationship with this person they trust me, right? And I think when you do those be, it'll really help you because the un- underlying other part of this is to have empathy, right? And empathy mm-hmm. is in very short supply these days. And it's something you're seeing across the board that is a very, very important critical skill that pe- they're teaching people in all the leadership classes for companies they're putting in there, right? Is to see, is to really understand what it is to be like in that other person's shoes. Because sympathy is, oh, I feel sorry for you, right? But that you don't really yeah. understand. 
you just feel bad for the other person. Mm -hmm. But in empathy, you try to see it from their point of view, the best that you can from where you are sitting, right? They would say you put yourself in someone else's shoes. You'll never be able to really do that because, hell, you probably don't fit their shoe size, right? So like literally being funny, but it never works exactly. But what it does is it gives you a much better glimpse and you start to think about, okay, how are they viewing the problem and getting out and how you would view it and how you would solve it versus how what they need from you. And I think, again, all those things help considerably as you're going through this process and trying to figure out, you know, what to do, especially being in a pandemic and being in this environment that we're in, it's it's more important in 21 than it was in 20 to do these things because you're really going to come up on some roadblocks if you don't because the disconnection and, and sense of not belonging and isolation and loneliness is just going to be rising. It's not going down. So if you don't take in consideration, it's really going to hurt your engagements and it's not going to help it. And you also will find it you could greatly benefit from more people buying or buying more. Right. So there's a lot of opportunity out there, even in the midst of a crisis, if you really think about it in a different way. Definitely. I think the thing is, is people are tired, aren't they? You know, the reason why, as you say, that the initial panic, the initial sort of, you know, knuckle down and crikey, we just want to stay alive. That's passed. And, you know, people are tired. You know, they haven't had the vacations. They haven't had the time out. It's been a very intense time for everybody. Yeah. And you got and you have to think about that cuz that it starts to really weigh on people the longer that it goes, right? Mm-hmm. And I know like you all right there and you know in England stuff like in London you you're going in yet another lockdown, right? And who knows else is going to be going through this. So all of that is stress upon other stress and you're managing all of this uncertainty. The uncertainty we really don't know, the uncertainty of someone telling us the truth, the uncertainty of not being around people that we've normally been around, right? Mm -hmm. All of that starts to play with your mind because you don't really know and no one can tell you and give you a straight answer and you're living in this unknown world. Um, And that starts to get harder and harder the longer it goes on. And that's just how human psychology and psyche works, right? And so that causes people um, to be in some challenging situations. And so they need someone who's more of a beacon of hope and a light and bring some happiness and positivity, right? I mean, and that's, you have to think about, you really have to think about that when you're engaging with people in this way. That's what they really need, right? They probably need, they're, they're in the shortest supply of hope positivity, fun, laughing, right? And, you know, you got to say to yourself, even you're having a challenging day, right? Well, the person I'm talking to probably is in a similar or even a worse situation. What would they rather have? Me talk about doom and gloom or me get excited and be happy and positive and lift them up? Well, I mean, the choice is pretty obvious. So be that person and you'll see the conversations change significantly and it'll make it so much easier to talk about what you want to talk about and to engage with them to find if there's an, an opportunity and and that's kind of I say to clients around you know be that ray of sunshine 
you know, rather than if if you if if you're faced with your competition being doom and gloom and you being ray of sunshine, which one are you going to give more airtime to? Yeah, I mean, it, it again, it's we buy from people that we know and like, right? And I mean, we've heard that a million billion times, and it's the truth, right? And it's also the people that we trust because end of the day. If a product or a service or something you're, you're engaging them with doesn't work, they're going to want to know that you have their back and you are going to help them through it and find a solution. Because otherwise, like you're leaving them in a really precarious, difficult situation. So, I mean, these are the things that matter to people. And they'll pay a premium for that or they'll not go with someone else for a lot of other reasons if they feel like that as well. So even if someone has a better product or a better service, if they don't feel like that is the engagement they're going to have, many times people don't do that, right? They'll stay with the person they're with. So it gives you a lot of insulation on retention and loyalty, right? When you have that customer or client, right? So there's a lot of added benefits in here, no matter where you are, trying on the sales spectrum and dealing with people um, if you take advantage of it and really focus on it rather than just focus on how can I convince someone to do something right and especially when they may not be in the frame of mind or you didn't really set it up for them to be there and I think now you have much more influence on setting it up than you had before especially if you come from a point of view that they're probably not in a good mood. They're probably having a lot of challenges, right? And so that's the place that you should start from. Okay. And that's that will serve you the best because that's probably at least, you know, seven or eight out of 10 people you talk to are going to be in that place. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I think there is, here we're back to homeschooling and everything else. And so I think there is an element of, you know, everyone wants a, <laughs> everyone wants a piece of you. And it's like, you know, you've only got so much to give. And if you if you come on to one of these calls, you know, it basically is going to be a call because face to face is out at the moment. Um, you know, wanting and you know, you've got your agenda and you want them to do something, you're just basically joining that line, aren't you? You um, are, right? Instead, be a break for them because that's what they really need, right? They need an escape. Right. Yeah. And I think you gotta focus on doing focus on doing that. And getting through that and worrying less about what your agenda is because because it, it'll work together. One won't leave you without the other, right? If you're the escape, you're the break for someone, they're going to hear what you have to say. I'm not saying that they're going to buy from you or do whatever you want them to do, but you're going to increase your chances that's the case, right? Or you're going to also invite follow-ups later on where they'll take them or get back with you. So, you know, there's a lot of upside benefit here, yeah. but you have to understand the environment that someone's in and what they're living in, because then you can offer things to them that are, you know, things that they'd want that are beyond like the agenda that you're going in their head. And so I think these are just, again, pretty critical places that we all have to be in like as we're engaging with people yeah. moving forward until we, you know, are in a face-to-face -face again with people, which again, you know, I mean, Australia announced that they're not having, you know, they're not letting people come in and a lot of restrictions until, you know, 2022. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think if you have that point of view, 
I think it's yeah. better. I mean, yes, we should all be hopeful that, you know, in the fall, things are way better than they are currently, yeah. right? Of course, I mean, that should mean, but we don't know. So no. you got to live your life. Make the most of it, of what you can. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for your time. It's been really, really nice to speak to you. Yeah. Um, to you. And just get that insight. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be looking at those cards now. Yeah. <laughs> So thanks very much, Jason, for your time today. We really appreciate it. Really enjoy talking to you. If you'd like to find out more about Jason, then you can obviously look him up. Um, his website is Jason Troy, which is actually T-R-E-U dot com. He's also got his Cards Against Mundanity, uh, and that's cardsagainstmundanity.com. And Executive Breakthrough Podcast, you can find at jasontroy.com forward slash iTunes. So you know, feel free to go and check him out that little bit more. Thanks for listening, guys. If you've got any questions, any feedback, then please do either jump on and write a comment. Feel free to jump into the group, sellingwithoutsleaze.com, which is on Facebook. Um, it is the only group of that name. And then, um, you know, please do join me next week where I'm going to be talking to Lorraine Hitchman about mindset and keeping yourself happy during these times. So, you know, we've talked around actually, you know, nurturing those relationships. But if your head's not in a good place, if you're not in a good place, if you're not keeping yourself and maintaining your own mental health uh, and keeping yourself happy um, and in a, good, in a good place, then, um, it, you know, it makes it all the more difficult to do well in your business um, and in conversations and other relationships. So please do join me for that one. All that's left to say is happy selling. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.